your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. morning i am back we are back uh happy monday everybody uh this is lockdown blue jacket we're part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked one five and you'll get 15 percent off your next order so i've been gone for a couple of weeks uh various reasons that i'm not going to get into right now however a lot of hockey to talk about since since the last time uh, not a lot of it good, I'm not gonna lie. Um, since my last recording, uh, at the end of February, the Blue Jackets are 2-3-2 and two in the last two weeks. Uh, they've got two wins, three losses, and two overtime losses, so really they're 2-5 and five in their last seven games, which, for a team that needs every point they can get, like, that's, it's not good enough. Um, It was a 4-1 win over Detroit, which was good. It was what we needed. Uh, I believe that ended our um, five-game losing skid, which sure was a thing that happened. Uh, And then a 3-2 win over Dallas. I was like, okay, two in a row, going well. You know, everything's everything's good. Uh, And then we followed that up with a 5-0 lost to Dallas, our second shutout of the season, a 4-2 loss to Florida, a 5-4 overtime loss to Florida. That's the one I'm most angry about, uh, because we were up 4-1 going into the third period, and then we allowed four straight goals, including the overtime winner from Florida, to lose a game that we had no business losing. Um, big kind of we've snatched defeat from the jaws of victory energy from the blue jackets there uh followed that up with a 4-3 overtime win over dallas uh where i fully thought we were about to do the same thing uh, i think we had a 3-1 lead in that one uh, i'll talk about that game a little bit more in a minute uh and then last night or yesterday afternoon i guess for most of you uh it was a 2-1 shutout a 2-1 shootout loss to Dallas. It's just, I feel like there's not a lot that I can say about these games that I haven't already said. Um, we're winning the games that we should win, for the most part. You know, we beat Detroit, uh, we had two wins over Dallas, and then two losses to Florida, who are apparently legit this season, and then two losses to Dallas, who are kind of shaky uh, at best, I think. Um, They've kind of had the same struggles as us in terms of inconsistency. Uh, So let's talk about, first of all, that overtime win on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, I, for the most part, liked liked what I saw or um, what I heard, really. Uh, I listened to the radio broadcast of that. Uh, Max Domi opened the scoring. Uh, I believe that was his second goal in two games uh, he just scored against florida um if he's heating up then that's that can only be a good thing for us because frankly he has been not very good um it was his uh his mistake that led to the overtime goal on uh against florida i believe which you know it, it just he hasn't 
he hasn't been good enough. Uh, and if he kind of is starting to find his way, uh, I believe he had, you know, I think he's on a three-game point streak at the minute. You know, it's if he starts heating up, then that's exactly what we need. Uh, Blue Jackets then surrender two goals in a row uh, to Dallas, to 2-1. And then, I believe, two goals in the second period, uh, exactly a minute apart. One from Cam Atkinson for his 11th of the season. One from Nick Foligno for his 5th of the season. Uh, you know, it's all it's all looking up. We are 3-2 ahead going into the third period. Uh, however, we've gone into the third period with a lead before, and it's gone extremely badly um another point for max domi in there on cam atkinson's goal jack roslovic's got two uh, assists so far that game uh gurianov manages to tie it up pretty early on in the third and then it was just kind of a case of okay well both teams seem like they're playing for a draw here which is frustrating on many many levels um but you know it's it is what it is i wish we had a little bit more push, so we didn't have to give them a point, but we didn't throw away a lead, uh, as as we did in the in the previous game. And then Zach Wierenski scores his second of the season with four seconds left in overtime. Uh, Ruslovic gets another assist. That's a three-assist game for him. Uh, and Bjorkstrand gets hit an assist as well. Uh, he's leading the team with 13 assists on the season, which is, you know, it's pretty good for him. I wish we had a few more goals from him, uh, but I don't know that he's being set up to succeed right now. Um, and I will, I'll talk about why in just a minute. Uh, I'll talk a little bit in a minute about why uh, I don't think Bjorkstrand is being set up to succeed uh, and what's kind of happening with Patrick Laine uh, in in just a minute, but stay locked on. So, Blue Jackets win a a fairly important game, I think, Um, and then follow it up with uh, another loss. Uh, It's, everyone's like, oh, we've got a three-game point streak going, but like, yeah, okay, so we've got four of the last six points, but two of those games have been losses, and I don't care, like, a loss is a loss is a loss. You know, you can give us a, a loser point or a pity point or an overtime point or, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it. But for me, anyway, you know, losing an overtime, you know, like emotionally, psychologically, whatever you want to talk about, losing an overtime feels the same as losing in regulation. You know, that, that point is good for the standings, but I don't know how good it is for kind of the team morale. Um, you know, like you could go 10 games in a row losing in overtime and yeah okay you've had 50% of the available points there but you've also lost 10 games uh and I feel like there's a big emphasis on oh you know 500 hockey which the Jackets are not quite at the minute I think they're 11 well most people kind of see it as if you've got the same amount of wins and regulation losses, then people are like, oh, it's 500 hockey. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, the Blue Jackets, I think, are at 11. Tw- the Blue Jackets are 11, 12, and 6, I believe. 11, 12, and 7, the Blue Jackets at the minute. So, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, they are pretty close to 500. They've got 29 points of in their 30 games at the minute. Um, however, that puts them on pace for 20 wins of the 56 
game season and that's it's not good enough like we have to like we've reached a point at which they're not going to make the playoffs like this um and it kind of comes down to do you make a push and see if you can kind of sneak into that fourth seed and then end up having to play probably Tampa Bay again for the third time in a row or do you kind of not tank but you know bow out gracefully except that you're not making the playoffs give it up as a bad year try again next year because I don't think that there's a lot wrong with the team in the makeup that it is at the minute I think you know there are there are tweaks to be made um but you know it hasn't it hasn't helped that you know the drama with Dubois and injuries and you know Tortorella drama and it just it feels a little bit like it's all of the off-ice drama is impacting the on-ice stuff um but that's that's okay so that's what I kind of want to want to get into a little bit uh now is at the minute Patrick Laine and Oliver Bjorkstrand you know arguably two of our three best offensive players at the minute um are being centered by Riley Nash um which yeah okay they're calling that the top line at the minute which is probably accurate but I always kind of think about lines in terms of your center and if Riley Nash is your number one center then you're not going to win games um you know if he's the center getting the most ice time then there's something there's something wrong there you know like we are we are weak down the middle um you know we are not nowhere near as strong as we are as we were, you know, at the start of the season. We lost Dubois. We lost Koivu. We've picked up Jack Roslovic, who has been pretty good. Uh, I don't know that he's, you know, a number one centre as much as I like to joke about it, but he's been decent. Domi has been kind of a disaster all round. Um, Nash is fine. Nash is, you know, perfectly serviceable as a bottom six guy, uh, but he's not 1C material. Uh, Kevin Stenland has been, you know, filling in pretty well. I think Felino has had a few games at centre. Boone Jenners, after having, you know, a really good start to the season at wing, where he's supposed to be, he's kind of gone back to centre, and so we've kind of, we're losing his impact because I think, you know, as good as, as good as Boone Jenner is, and as much as the guys love him, I think he is much more impactful on the wing, uh, even if, you know, he is one of the centres that can win face-offs at the minute so you know it, it it doesn't balance out exactly but it's frustrating that one of our best face-off guys is also a much more effective player when he's on the wing and not playing center so but like as good as as good as line a and, and Roslovic, as good as line a and bjorkstrand are it's not sustainable to have nash in that position between them nash is not going to get, you know, the 20 minutes of ice time that the number one centre should. Uh, and it feels like it's it's unfair for us to be like, well, why isn't Line producing? Why isn't Bjorkstrand producing? Well, Bjorkstrand is producing. Uh, he's not kind of scoring goals, but, you know, 13 assists on the season is not not terrible for a, for a team that struggled to score like, like Columbus has. Uh, and I think the problem is the guy between them. You know, it's... It's tough to be an effective winger if you haven't got a centre to play with. Uh, and for whatever reason, you know, not, again, Riley Nash, haven't got a problem with Riley Nash in his usual role. I think he provides good defensive support to the younger players. Um, you know, I always talk about Uncle Riley 
kind of babysitting the fourth line uh, kids and they just zoom around and he's defensively responsible, but we need a stronger sentiment than him between those two players. Um, and I also don't think it helps that, he, that Tortorella has flip-flopped them, so Bjorkstrand's playing left wing and Laine's playing right wing, but that's that's a whole whole other other thing. Um, and it's kind of just been chugging along. And I think at this point in the season, you know, we're over halfway now, this is this is the team, you know, for better or worse. I don't know that any amount of... I know, you know, I've just gone through a whole three-minute rant on Riley Nash as number one centre, but at a certain point, I don't think it matters what configuration the team is in because we can't dig ourselves out of a hole like this, I don't think. Um, especially if we're going to lose games to teams below us in the standings, uh, which is what happened last night. Uh, you know, we had a... It wasn't really in our grasp from kind of from the from the go. I thought it was it was fine. You know, as far as games go, I know everyone's oh, you know, it's a low scoring game. It's boring. Uh, I thought Corpsalo was pretty good. Uh, you know, that save was probably one of his best saves of the season. Um, you know, you know the one. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it in detail, but you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, you know, Atkinson, I thought, has looked good. Uh, we got another goal from Wierenski, so that was his third of the season. He's got two goals in two games. Uh, Roslovic added another assist. I believe he's got five assists in the last three games, which, you know, is, for him, that's pretty good. Uh, again, I'd like it if we could add a couple more goals, but, you know, I don't, I don't make those decisions. Uh, they kind of have to decide to score the goals themselves, which they are not doing. Uh, and then uh, I think Wierenski has another really good chance just as overtime's about to end. But uh, Oshinger gets it that time, and we go to a shootout where all three Blue Jackets miss the net. Um, and again, this is another problem I have with... For whatever reason, shootouts are kind of our our weakest thing. Which, in terms of like things to be bad at, shootouts are not a terrible thing to be bad at because in a perfect world you will never get anywhere near the shootout. But if you're putting Max Domi out as a shooter, I don't know if they're trying to boost his confidence or if they're trying to I don't know. But of all of the shooters on that team. Max Domi is probably not... He's not in the top five of of goal scorers on that team. You know, I'd argue he maybe isn't even in the top ten at the minute, which is a problem when you're putting him out there for a, a game-deciding shootout move. Um, and, you know, he he misses the net, Radulov scores, Dallas wins, you know. That's... That's the end of the game. That's the Blue Jackets four points out of the playoffs. Uh, with games in hand on everyone in their division. Goal differential of minus 19. You know, it's... It is just... It's simply not... Not good enough. Um, and, you know, it's... Like I said at the beginning, it's hard to know what to say about all of this. Because 
at this point, you know, what can you say about this team that hasn't already been said? You know, they're inconsistent, they're frustrating, they're offensively lacking. The defence has, you know, fallen off a cliff for whatever reason, you know. It feels like every single time I record, I'm just saying the same things over and over and over. Even when they win, I'm like, well, you know, this needs to be better, that needs to be better. This It's inconsistent. Again, you know, it's we haven't won more than two or three games in a row all season, but in the last kind of handful of games, we've had a three-game losing streak and a five-game losing streak. And it's not... It's not good enough. Like, that's that's it, plain and simple. It's not good enough. Um, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk a little bit about special teams uh, because, again, there's good and bad there. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar Madness. Obviously, March Madness is on everyone's minds at the minute, uh, but, you know, we've been telling you about Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. It's amazing tasting. Uh, and there's 100% chocolate on every single bar. And now we're deciding which Built Bar is the best with Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. And honestly, that's that's a tough one for me to decide. Um, I love any kind of brownie bar. But I think coconut has to coconut almond has to take it from me. I'm a big coconut person. Uh, I think I don't know if bounties exist in America, but they're like these delicious uh, kind of desiccated coconut filled candy bars, and you know it's it's ideal. Uh, so I think you know coconut almond for me is gonna is gonna take it. Uh, it's it, you know, whichever wins is going up against Cookies and Cream in the next round, and Cookies and Cream is obviously going to win in probably most, most, uh, brackets. So, if you want to, uh, kind of, if you want to put your spin on this, if you want to vote on which Built Bar is the best Built Bar, uh, go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Uh, and don't forget, if you use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That is locked one five to get fifteen percent off your next order at builtbar.com. And make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who is going to be the best tasting protein bar on the market. I've also got to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. MLB is days away from coming back. Uh, and bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. So if you want to bet on, uh, you know, who's going to win the Bachelorette this season, then you can do that. Or if you want to guess how many games the Blue Jackets are going to lose this week, then you can do that as well. Bet online has you covered there. Uh, Real time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. They've got all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. All you have to do is head to the website, that's betonline.ag, sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It means if you put $100 in, they will give you $50 on top of that. If you put $200 in, they will give you $100 on top of that. It's that simple. Once again, uh, that is promo code locked on or one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Collin gives you the tips, insights, and an analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get podcasts. So it's kind of become a running thing over the past few years. Blue Jackets 
really good at the penalty kill, really bad at the power play, uh, and somehow neither of these things are true. Well, the power play is still pretty bad, but it's nowhere near as bad as it should be, um, or as it has been in in recent in recent weeks. Uh, it's still not great, but I think uh, it's getting better. I think you know Line A is kind of finding his spot. Uh, the frustrating thing for me watching the power play is I feel like there's not a reluctance, but for some reason guys just don't seem to be passing to him, and I don't know whether it's because they can't get the lane right, or if they think that people are going to kind of gravitate over to line A as soon as they see the puck heading in that direction. I don't I don't know what it is, um, but for whatever reason, line A is not getting the puck for me as often as he should. Definitely not as often as he wants. Um but I feel like, you know, everyone everyone wants the puck at all times. Um, but, you know, the power play has been bad for a long time. The more concerning thing is the fact that the penalty kill continues to just bleed goals. Um, Atkinson got another shorthanded one earlier this month, I believe. But apart from that, it's it's not, not great. Uh, we didn't allow a power play goal against the Stars. Uh, but I believe we we allowed two power play goals from the Panthers. Uh, we allowed one power play goal from the Panthers to tie the game at 4-4 on Thursday. And then I think we allowed two power play goals. Yeah, two power play goals against the Panthers on Tuesday. So three power play goals in two games. It's not, it's not good enough. It's not what we expect. And... It's just, again, it's that eternal, it's frustrating, I don't know what's happening, it's, for some reason, we're just not, we're just not defending as well as we used to, and I don't know if it's a systemic problem, I don't know if it's a player problem, I don't know if it's, you know, we had, uh, I think, t- eight or ten players diagnosed with COVID way early on, like, before training camp even started, and I don't know whether it's, you know, lingering COVID effects that's affecting guys, but for whatever reason, the penalty kill is brutal, the power play is not much better, and honestly, that's I think that's where it's hurting us the most. Um, because we've never been a team that scores a lot of goals, but we've also been a team that doesn't allow a lot of goals, and allowing power play goals like this is not conducive to winning games. Um, so... That, I think, for me, is the biggest area that we need to improve on is maybe not scoring goals on the power play, but definitely we need to figure out kind of how to stop bleeding goals on the penalty kill. And that's kind of, that's been the the summary of the last two weeks is frustrating, disappointing, not good enough, etc, etc, etc. But I think that's all the time I have for today. Uh, tomorrow we are going to talk about the forwards so far this season. We're about halfway through we're just over halfway through the games now, so we're going to look at uh, who's been good, who's been not so good, we've got some letter grades, uh, and we will also talk a little bit about our newest Blue Jackets. Uh, we made a trade, uh, tragically saying goodbye to uh, Vaini Vevalainen, one of my favourite names to say, uh, and we picked up a different Finn uh, in defenseman Miko Lettinen from Toronto, and we also signed Josh Dunn, uh, a college free agent probably better known as the brother of Team USA's Jinsey Dunn, who was maybe one of the best women's uh, NCAA 
hockey players in a long, long time. Um, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, I am at jaythegoalie. If you'd like to follow this podcast, we are lo underscore bluejackets. Uh, if you would like to email me comments, questions, criticisms, I am at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Uh, and I'll give you some more information on this tomorrow, but uh, we are on Locker Room now. Uh, so if you follow Locked On Blue Jackets over at Locker Room, uh, every Thursday I'm going to try to go live for a little bit. You can come on, uh, ask questions, say your piece, uh, and, you know, we'll just we'll hang out for half an hour and it'll be, it'll be fun. So, so look out, uh, look out for more news on that later on, and I will see you tomorrow.